I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. First trade deadline day, Rush Nation, and we are recording this with what, Murph, 20 odd minutes to go? 12. 12 minutes to go. 12 minutes. See, I got so excited I left eight minutes somewhere in the world. I'm never getting them back. But anyway, Rush Nation, we are back and we're back in the studio. Winter is definitely coming. There is a nip in the air. Murph suggests there isn't, but it's. I've got a woolly hat on, and I'm going to insulate this place up properly because I'm not. I'm not doing last year. It was too cold. I'm not doing it again. But it's it good. Fine. Well, yeah, you say fine. I say cold. What we don't need to do is insulate it too much that you get too hot. Okay. We'll come up with some sort of solution. If you are any. Well, that, that that depends because you know with the trade deadline, I could be gone in the next eleven minutes. Well, that's the thing. People aren't going to hear this before it goes there, before the trade deadline actually finishes. Oh, so, so if you wanted to get one of us, it's too late. Well, it's not. Well, it will be, but it currently isn't too late. So if an offer comes in for either of us in the next seven and a half minutes, you'll hear it on the pod and then it'll be in tomorrow's news. <laughs> <laughs> Only there'll be no one to put it out if it's you. And... Well, well, I'll still put it out. That's my commitment to, to Rush Nation. Nice. Who, who do you think is going to come in for us? Well, Is, there, is NFL going to come in for us or... You know, maybe maybe we get done like a, a, a keep the lead and uh, end up on like I don't know Bob's couch podcast. 
That was, I thought there was going to be some actual shade thrown at somebody else then. Not that I knew who that shade was going to be, but I'm glad. Bob's couch might be wicked. I mean, we I don't mean, know it might that. Be, yeah, I mean, it might be very comfy and it might be a good podcast. I don't know. If there's a Bob's couch podcast, please let us know. I just made that up off the top of my head. So as to not throw shade because we're a cut above. We certainly are. But if someone did come knocking and they offered me, I don't know. I don't think, you know, I think I'd need four first round picks to let you go, Murph. I'm just saying, I think that's a fair price at this stage. Yeah, I'd want more. For you? Yeah. Four is a lot. Yeah, but that's fantasy football. Four first round fantasy football picks isn't that much. No, I was talking about real life podcast draft first round picks. I'd want four just so I could build a team that would possibly be stronger. Oh, than see, me. I thought you'd want like monetary value. I think you want cash, like hard readies. Oh, yeah, but no one's going to come in with an offer that big. That's the trouble. Well, what about if they invite you to go on the wall with Danny Dyer? Or where you could win 678 grand or whatever it is. Is that the possible maximum? Yeah, win? if you hit every everything, if you don't know what the wall is, it's the greatest television show ever made. It's got Danny Dyer and basically he uh, is quite aggressive towards a wall. Which, by the way, fun fact, the wall <laughs> is actually filmed in Poland. What, they're in Poland? They're in Poland when they do the show. Do no, you know why? Yeah, they're, do you know why it's done in Poland? Cheaper. They couldn't find a studio in the UK big enough to host the wall itself. Wowzers. And it's all filmed with a renter crowd, Polish crews, everything. All the budget went on the wall itself. Oh, Danny Dyer must get paid a fortune to fly out to Poland. Yeah, and he gets to float with Angela Rippon. I was surprised she was still alive. It took me a while to work out that that was actually Angela Rippon. I just thought they'd named the machine Angela. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a tangent. Amazing. Great television show. 8.20, BBC One. Every Saturday night. We catch up on iPlayer. Definitely go back and download the first three episodes because it's incredible. And for our international listeners, if you don't know who Danny Dyer is, he's a... East End football hooligan come actor is a bit of a loud chap. Yeah, basically. I don't want to say anything too bad in case he comes around to the studio. He's basically like somebody off of Jersey Shore where you don't really understand them, they don't really make any sense, and they don't say anything of substance, but they're mildly entertaining. Mildly? He must be slightly more mildly than. Oh, I think he's very entertaining, but the general public, I'm just sort of going as a. Overall oh, yeah, expectation. No. I, I feel you, I feel you. I, know, I saw it for the first time this weekend and it was very good. Incredible TV show. I like the principle and I like the ending. I won't spoil the ending if you no, haven't seen it. No, the ending's brilliant. But, yeah. The whole thing's great. And just the fact, whoa, you're taking liberties. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, we, we whoa, didn't... give us some readies. Love it. It's just a brilliant TV show. Whoever came up with that, hats off to you, sir. You have... Well, you beat Brexit, so, you know, happy days. Oh, we should have started the podcast breaking news that we've left Brexit. That would have put the cat amongst the pigeons well, early we doors. Have left, we traded Brexit. No, we traded Brexit no, for a seventh round pick. No, no one's giving a seventh for Brexit, come on. <laughs> I mean, Kenyon Drake's gone for a conditional sixth. So, Brexit, it, you're going to have to trade Brexit with your own picks just to get rid of them. Brexit and a first for a, a 2022 seventh round pick. No, just and a packet of, and a packet of crisps. Here's Brexit in a first. We don't want anything in return. Just take it off our hands. <laughs> we well, got to take something. <laughs> Five dollars a cap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you are tuning in on a Tuesday to hear the Waver Wire show, it's because you've already missed the Waver Shire, Waver Wire show that went out on Monday. My boy Murph hit you up with a short fifteen minute pod 
get those waiver claims in nice and early, hit you with the information you need going forward. That will be the case. One of us will do the podcast on a Monday. Occasionally, if you're very lucky, what is there now? Eight weeks left, seven weeks after this, seven weeks. If you are very lucky, you might hear us both on a Monday, but one of us will be there in your ears, short, sharp, swift on a Monday, just to get that information to you. Tuesdays is going to be the Tuesday takeover. So it's moving from a Monday to a Tuesday. It's not going to be a game review anymore. It's going to be stuff you need to know from each game that's fantasy relevant. What happens when the season ends? We'll do something else. Okay. Uh, ask us in two months' time. Yeah, come back in two months' time if you want to know the answer to that. <laughs> yeah, you'll find out in two months. Oh, can't wait. Wednesdays is going to be the flagship show. Murph and I are going to be here on a Wednesday. And then Thursdays as well with the guest show. And Fridays, we're going to leave free at the moment just because we don't want to take every day of the week. And we're in love. And we're in love. Absolutely. The cure. Great pan, by the way. Uh, breaking news. Well, okay, go for it. The Cowboys and the Jets don't have a deal for Jamal Adams. The Broncos don't have a deal for cornerback Chris Harris as they held firm. So that's it. They're not being traded. Apparently, with five minutes to go, it does not look likely that either is going to be traded. So there's been a lot of trades that have happened today. It's been a real hotbed of, of activity. We'll get to the trades in a minute. Let's talk about the London game, which you experienced and, and I didn't. Yep. Well, you were in London at a game. I was. I was at a slightly more disappointing game. But I know you went to the Arsenal game and the result was a joke. But other than that, how was the whole corporate box experience? Yeah, I mean, I've done corporate uh, a few times. So doot, doot. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, mate, it's the way to come watch football. It's a small bar, nicer people. Um, not well, saying the people I, I sit with are bad because they're great, but it just is it's less queues for a beer. You get a free beer at half time. Um How much how much is a beer at Arsenal? It's not that bad. So I bought two beers for a soft and a soft drink for eleven fifty and the soft drink was three fifty. What? So it's four pounds a pint. Listen, Wembley, right? You need to sort this stuff out. Yeah, four pound, four pound a pint, and that was a choice of Camden Hells, Budweiser. It was two different types of Camden Hells beers. Um, Budweiser. Do they have Hells and Pale? Yes. Oh, the Pale's good. The Pale's good. I'm not a big fan of either. Um, so I, I drank the Budweiser, which was fine. I mean, it was clean. <laughs> it was clean. <laughs> but listen, you, the amount of times you go to a stadium and you have really bad beer. Shout out to the people at Fulham. I went to Fulham on Wednesday night with work, and. The beer there was an absolute disgrace. It was an absolute disgrace, this beer. I can't remember. Sam Miguel, I think it was, the lads were drinking. I was smart. I went on the cider. It smelled like toilet water. Smelled like toilet water. The lads told me it tasted like toilet water. Absolutely abysmal. And they charged £4.50 a pint. Yeah. And Fulham. That's a lot. You should be giving me beers to go and watch Fulham. Actually, it was a good game. It was 3-2. But... This is, this is derailed. You said shout out to Fulham at the beginning and then you gunned them from their beer and then said it was a good game. Yeah. It's kind of like an emotional experience. It's like, it's like a mirage in the desert kind of thing. That's not an emotional. That is an emotional experience <laughs> that generally ends in death. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is a, oh, no, so, so, so to go to Fulham on the, on the Saturday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, okay. Maybe not. Um, but yeah, no. But back to uh, Wembley. So, you, you, you've, you know, what was the... Obviously, we've watched games at Wembley. Yes, we have. And now we've watched games at Spurs. But you got to watch two games at Spurs, followed by a week off, then a week at Wembley. So now you've kind of compared the two side by side. Pros and cons, and what was better? 
So let's start with the travel because you have to get there. The travel to both, I think, is acceptable. I think if you go the way we went, we went from London, uh, Liverpool Street to get to Tottenham. So you get on the train at the beginning of the line. That was fine. And then to get to Wembley, we went from... What's the Thameslink stop? Blackfriars? No, the next one. Not City Thameslink, the one after that. Farringdon. Farringdon, yeah. Yeah, we went from Farringdon on the tube and I think it's six stops on the Metro line. So, yeah, that was fine. Getting out of Wembley is a bit more of a pickle just because everybody goes to Wembley Park. But actually, crowd control was pretty good this week and I think it took us 15 minutes to queue down Wembley Way. That's pretty good. Yeah, so it was okay. Because uh, you're one of those people that waits to the end as well. Yeah. You don't You don't believe in... You're like me. We don't believe in going... No, no, no. I mean, obviously, if it was a blowout and there was... they No one had a timeout and there was still a minute and 30 and they're just going to run the ball, then I'd probably leave because... The, the time it takes to get out of Wembley sometimes is a lot longer than 15 minutes. But I wouldn't leave early at Tottenham now. Me and my dad, when we went to the second week, we didn't leave early. And we just walked straight onto a train at Tottenham. White Hart Lane, sorry. So, yeah, I think the tailgate at Wembley is good. But it isn't really a tailgate. That's it's They call it a tailgate because that's what happens in America. But it's just, there's a stage, massive. The queue for the shop was frightening. Shout out to my boy Mikey Perry up there in Manchester. Came down for the game. He said, we'll hook up in the tailgate. And he said, I'm in the queue and I'm not going to see you. (laughs) Yeah, I did see Mike. Um, Don't they do a click and collect thing? Yeah, but you have to queue for it. So what's the point? I don't know. I think there's a separate queue, but just the queue I saw took up a third of the tailgate. (laughs) Maybe a third extreme and Rush Nation, if you were there and I've got that wrong, hit us up. But But I was told that they've revamped the tailgate this year. So I don't really know what the... There was a Just For Men arch that you walked through. That wasn't there last year. Yeah, well, they had something for Just For Men last year. Well, I didn't walk through it either year because I'm not going grey. But shout out to everyone who is. I'm sure it suits you. Cheers, thanks for that. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm very grey. No, you're not. I am, mate. I'm 20% grey. Where? Mate. I'm looking at you. I cannot see 20% grey. Mate, I'll, when I sweep the hair back. <laughs> it's all roots, baby. It's, back. it's not roots. It's just... It's, it's buried. It's buried in. But it's... I'm quite grey. No, look, listen. It, it suits most people, so there's no shame in it. But the food... What did I have? Ah, the food was good. Actually, the food was good. I had uh, New Orleans Kitchen. So, well, that sounds good. Yeah, Cajun chicken and prawns. That was decent. Uh, shout out to the girl behind me in the queue. If you enjoyed your prawns as much as you... Sounded like you were good new in the queue, then good for you. Beer was a joke, absolute joke. I think I paid 24 quid for three pints of... That's ridiculous. ...for Budweiser, yeah. And then they, at the bar that was by our exit, I was, they were bottles of Bud. Admittedly, they were 4.97 bottles of Bud, but you were still paying the same for them as you were for a pint. Mental. Two foot of nachos was 22 quid. A two foot hot dog was 30 quid. Um, 30 quid? Yeah. I didn't even see a hot dog. I've just seen people moaning about the price of it. At, at the baseball, they did those two-foot hot dogs. Yeah, because you sent me a picture of the tray. <laughs> yeah, and that was 20 quid. Yes, yeah, so, but I mean... I mean, like, a rate of inflation on that. <laughs> That's ridiculous. The nachos did look bad, boy, but then... But not for 30 quid. 22, but even so, a bag of Doritos is 60p or whatever. You can't slam a whole bag of large Doritos in a tray, cover it in a bit of cheese and some jalapeno, <laughs> say, oh, it's 22 quid. Yeah, joke. Oh, <laughs> they've absolutely gone ham. Well, did you see that they? Because um, at Tottenham, they whack the they whack the price to beers up by forty percent. I don't. Think, well, 
my boss is a season ticket holder and he says a pint of neck oil is five fifty, and then we paid six fifty for it at Tottenham. Oh, so that's twenty percent. Yeah. So they pay four fifty for a Heineken, and I think Heineken and Bud was five fifty at Tottenham, and then the neck oil was six fifty. Oh, got some breaking news. It's for me and Rappaport. The Browns aren't making any trades. The Lions aren't making any trades. The Bengals didn't trade anyone. The Bucks didn't trade anyone. The Jets didn't trade anyone. Just the just, window is now shut. The window is now shut. Nation. Two minutes ago, whilst I was talking about <laughs> two foot long nachos, the window closed, and it was a pretty quiet one. We did get a deal. We, we got one deal in today. We'll talk about that after I've talked about the atmosphere. I think Tottenham as a stadium is better than Wembley. I think the facilities are better. It's nicer behind the scenes. There's more bars. The game itself, obviously you can't dictate what's going to happen in the actual football game. Yeah, the, the atmosphere at Wembley was pretty good this week, but I think sound-wise, Tottenham sounds better. You think when people are really cheering, I think Tottenham's got better acoustics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I, I don't even know how old is Wembley now. It must be... 10 years old? 2007. Those are 12 years old. So it's it's knocking on. It's not knocking on as a stadium, but it isn't box fresh anymore. No. And you can tell that in the difference that Tottenham has literally just been unwrapped. So I think if I was going to choose one, I'd choose Tottenham to go and watch a game at. 100%. For me, it's not even close. No, no, no. I I, I didn't want to beat down on, on Wembley too much. No, I'm not beating down on it. And, and I'm not here to talk about the games or about... The quality of the, you can't dictate what's on the field, so I get that. And also, I just think any time you get to watch a game, like we shouldn't kick a gift horse in the mouth. No, no, no. So I'm, I'm not here saying that Wembley's like trash. It's not trash. It's not my choice of destination. At the end of the day, one is a football stadium, the other one is an NFL stadium. I don't care that Spurs play there every week. That's an NFL stadium. It's an NFL experience. You go and watch a game in the NFL. It's very similar to that, minus the tailgates and the bits before and everything. But it was just better. It, it wasn't even just the acoustics. It was just, it's just better to watch. It's more aesthetically pleasing. It's at the right level for starters. Uh, the crowd's a bit closer. You don't have seats sort of strapped around and, and strapped off and things. Um, it, uh, it's a better viewing experience. Yeah, yeah totally. 100%. So, I'll tell you what I found most annoying about Wembley. The lack of any colour or writing in the end zone. Like, I get it's a real pitch and you've got a game... The next week, and also, I don't think they do. There's a game. There's oh, well, there's an NFL an game, NFL game yeah, next yeah, week. Yeah. So I don't know whether you'd be able to, because should be able to. They did it at Tottenham. Yeah, but it's plastic. That's true. I don't know whether I don't know how synthetic turf holds, because obviously, being on a golf course, we don't paint stuff the way end zones are painted. No. So, I mean, the Rams played in their blue and yellow neon strip this weekend. Uh, so I think if they painted the end zone in those colours. Would it have held on on the actual grass as opposed to synthetic? Don't know. Any, I'll tell you what, if you paint grass for a living, if you do that awesome job, come at us at Five Yard Rush and let us know because I would really like to know that. <laughs> um, and if you're in the sports turf industry as well and you know the answer to that, let me know. I'd be interested to find out. So yeah, I think, like you, Murph, I, Tottenham's the one for me. Trades, yeah. trades, 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 or one, as it were, today. There's a couple been through... But only one today. Do you want to start from Carry On Drake or today? Uh, I'm going to start with some breaking news. Okay, go for it. The Patriots are cutting kicker Mike Nugent. But they don't have a kicker. So they worked out two. They worked out kickers two weeks ago. Um, 
I own Mark Nugent in several places. This is irritating. <laughs> so he is gone. I'm looking to see who they've replaced him with. And the answer is? At this moment. Ah! So Matt Bryant got released from the Falcons. Has he gone to the Patriots? It says, in addition, the Patriots are expected to sign former Falcons kicker Matt Bryant. So does that mean Georgie Tavecchio is back in? No. They signed Ku, the former... Um, the, oh, the, the former Chargers, Chargers you... kicker that then lit up the um, AAF. Huh. Interesting. So, <laughs> that's brilliant. I love that. So, yeah. So, the Nuge is gone. They're bringing in Bryant. And the Falcons have signed Ku. I guess he was cheap. They're in cap hell. So, I guess any, any money they could save. Uh, listen, Atlanta, if you need someone with a moderately strong leg, I don't know if I've got a 50-yarder in me, but I will cost you... In the region of a thousand pounds a week, so apparently, according to Adam Schefter, the Ravens were in for Jamal Adams, but they couldn't get a deal done. That would have been sick if he went there. That'd be crazy. Yeah, to think they just picked up. Um... Oh God, names Marcus gone. Peters. Marcus Peters. <laughs> God, that brain fart then, because because I'm looking at like fifty other things. <laughs> I didn't want to leave you to flounder for too long, bruh. Yeah. So no, crazy. So. Didn't happen. Shame. There's a lot of deals that didn't happen today. <laughs> but yeah, we'll start with Tlaib because it happened today. So, Akeem Tlaib uh, and a fifth round pick have gone to the Dolphins for a 2021 future pick. It hasn't been released what that pick is. I would expect that to be a seventh round pick, maybe a sixth round pick. Now, Tlaib's on IR. So, this is purely a cash dump for the Rams, who have obviously spent a lot of money uh, in free agent acquisitions. Need to get some cap off the books. So they've sent the fifth and Tlaib to Miami. He knows that system reasonably well. It makes a little bit of sense. He could be an addition next year. Um, but the pick, effectively, they've swapped a, a fifth-round pick next year. They're going to give up a it's probably a sixth or seventh-round pick in 2021. And they're going to get Peters. Cap is not an issue for Miami next year. I think they have around about $113 million in cap space. So the... Modest salary for Keith Talib isn't going to make too much of a dent to them. So, he's not going to play this year. Yeah, but next year, Xavier Howard and Keith Talib's not a bad cornerback pairing. Absolutely not. Um, so, we should mention that Xavier Howard has gone to IR. So, he will be out now for the rest of the season. But he's, he technically can come back in Week 17. And he's definitely their best player at the moment. So He's probably not going to come back in Week 17. No, and the fact they're tanking... It's is- cautionary, by the way. He doesn't have a... An overly serious injury, so it's no ACL, no MCL, nothing like that. But it's enough to keep him out a few weeks, so they've just decided to put him on IR. They're probably just going to pay him his full salary. Nice. Decent move. Kenyon Drake went to Arizona for a conditional sixth round that could become a fifth round pick. Is that is that the is that the existence of the... I mean, is that it? Final what? details of the trade. What, for Ke- Kenyon Drake? Yeah. So, yeah, so the, it, I, yeah, I don't know why... What the condition is, it must be the whether they either re-sign him or whether he plays X amount of games. But it's probably a re-sign because he's a free agent at the end of the year. So maybe if they re-sign him to a contract for next year, then they probably that sixth becomes a fifth. That would be what I would kind of expect it to be. So fantasy-wise, does this mean that David Johnson's more injured than they've been letting So that's on? what I think. I think, I mean, so it's come out that uh, Chase Edmonds is now out for multiple weeks. I don't think... DJ is massively healthy. I think there's a concern with this coaching staff. Don't forget, we're two coaching staffs removed from the coaching staff that brought him in. 
And we know he's a great talent, but he is injured. And I think that this might be the start of a move. Not that I think that Kenyon Drake is the full-time replacement, but I think that this, for me, feels like this could be a move to get DJ out of Arizona in the near future. Yeah, I think the thing with Drake as well is he's shown some unbelievable talent at times. But it's so minimal because he's never had the opportunity. So I I said yesterday on yesterday's pod that I didn't think he was going to play that much on Thursday. I'm starting to lean more towards that he could. My, my worry is he's only really going to get one practice. So I don't know how much he's going to pick up in one week. They've got Zach Zanner there. They could just run a split. I mean, at the end of the day, one of the easier positions to pick up is running back. It's find a lane, run into it. But you've got to understand what the what the setup is. You've got to look at the play itself. And you've got to be able to understand enough of the playbook to know where the lane is going to open up um, based on the blocking scheme. So I think it could be a split time. Uh, it looks like Alfred Morris, he was scratched on... Uh, Sunday, don't think he's going to get any look in now whatsoever. So, yeah, I'm a bit worried about what's going on with that situation. I think it's probably best to stay away from it altogether. I did say Zach Center in the waiver wire. At the end of the day, he cost nothing, and it was a one-week rental. So, if you're really stuck, I'd still hedge my bet and go with Zach Center. I still think he does something, but just be a bit careful. Yeah, I think I might have to. It's either him or Benny Snell. So, Benny Snell's out injured. Oh. God, really? Yeah. Did he get injured as well as James Connor? Yeah, injured last night in the injury. Oh. Who else have they got? Uh, so, Jamal, um, Jalen Samuels is back fit next week. They, He said, they, the uh, Steelers organization said that he's cleared for Sunday. He could have made it back against the Dolphins, but the organization decided not to use him. So do we know anything mentioned Connor's injury left last uh, left last night yeah. All we've got is just a shoulder injury. Um it's the AC joint. So it could be a multiple week injury. But that there isn't firm details on that. So um if there is any I will update. But at Ma- this moment in time it's an AC joint. Yeah. Injury. A season best night as well last night. Yeah, absolutely. It's deemed not to be majorly serious, um, but well, hang on, that's an old report. But let's try. Yeah, an AC joint. They'll have an update later on today, so we'll find out what's going to happen. Okay, fair. We'll keep an eye on that, Rush Nation. Moving back to the trades, defensive tackle Leonard Williams has been traded from the Jets to New York Giants for a third and a twenty twenty first fifth round pick that becomes a fourth if they then sign him to a deal and this is apparently the first ever deal between the Giants and the Jets yeah that's mad it is mad I mean how great is it for Leonard Williams when you get a trade and you don't have to move he literally doesn't have to pack anything up doesn't have to go anywhere yeah that's as good as it gets really well it is except for the fact that he's going to play for the New York Giants I just don't understand this trade there is nothing about this trade I understand because it's a third and a fifth and people go okay that's not a lot of money but he's fourteen million against the cap, so he's seven million. He's going to get against the cap this season, a little over that because he's going to play nine games. Um, so he's going to <laughs> he's going to earn seven point something million dollars against a team that, let's be honest, isn't going to make the playoffs, and he's out of contract next year. Mm. So unless they're going to re-sign him, which because there's a condition of the fifth round pick will become a fourth if they sign him to a deal, that means they haven't offered him a deal. 
So why are you trading for him? If you'd done a deal with him, I could have got that slightly. I still thought it was stupid, but less so. Yeah, so gonna... if you don't sign him, it's completely irrelevant. It's completely pointless. I don't understand. Why are you throwing away a third round pick next year for? Are you going to make the playoffs this year at two and five? So what this has effectively six? done is meant that at the end of the season, Leonard Williams is going to have to move. <laughs> He's not have to move during this trade. Well, not unless they offer him a deal. But are they going to? Because they didn't sign him straight away. I mean, they're leaving the door open. I mean, they're going to have first rights to negotiate with him, but still, it's a, it's it's just a bizarre trade. I just don't really understand that from from their perspective. And I, th- I think the Jets could have got more, but it's the cap number that probably hurt. But then that's why you don't sign people to crazy deals and then trade them a short while later. Very true. And then finally, Gennard Avery's been traded to the Eagles for a late twenty twenty first. This pick. is such a dumb move from the Browns. I don't get this at all. So he's he's a very versatile player. So he give he's like pass rushing help who can also play in the secondary. But he he played mostly for that. So he was a sixth round pick, okay, but he wasn't someone that came highly touted out of the draft in twenty eighteen. But he made an impact. He looked like a very, very good player. Slightly raw, but a very good player with good with some good coaching could could go somewhere. And he's landed in the perfect spot for him because now he's going to potentially get some game time and he's going to be under a great coaching staff. But I don't get what... It's a late 2021 pick. It's going to be, at best, a fifth-round pick in 2021. Not even a 2020 pick. So what are you... He doesn't cost anything against the cap. He's a sixth-round pick. Like, what are you getting out of that deal? It's just dumb. I don't don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. And I thought this was lining up a bid to get Trent Williams. And it's moving a player off a roster, get something for him. And Trent Williams is going to come in. Or another defensive player and make it a like for like. And I would have gone, eh, well, if you're going to have to cut someone, fine. At least you've got something for someone. Makes sense. But they didn't bring anyone in. Mm. So they've got, they've lost a player on their roster for virtually nothing, who didn't cost anything, who wasn't making any money, really, not big money. I don't get it. It just, ah, just, just makes no sense. Just makes no sense at all. So, well done, John Dorsey, for... (laughs) Well, he's having a stellar year. Let's guess. I mean, take our hats off to him. He's had an absolute stormer. Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday, Andy Dalton. Happy birthday, Andy Dalton. You've been benched, pal. Ryan Finley's going to play week 10. What a, I mean, <laughs> what a slap in the face. I mean, right, you're going to make the move to Ryan Finley. I hope, fine. Is Andy Dalton really the problem? He's in the top five quarterbacks in passing yards this year. Listen, I'm not saying he's been brilliant. I'm not saying here that he's been an absolutely outstanding player. But is Andy Dalton the reason they're 0-8? Probably not. He didn't throw any picks on the weekend. No. Nope. They're just trash. They've got no O-line. No, they're O-line. No I, running game. The O-line, a, a sieve, is, holds more water than that O-line would. It's so mental. Because obviously I saw him Sunday at the game. Man, if he was given a bit more time, he could fight. Like He made some good throws. Yeah. But then at times, the Rams got in to the backfield so quick I thought Andy Dalton was going to get his head taken off it was it was it was tough to watch at times it's just I don't understand I don't understand why you bench him today why can't you do it tomorrow yeah that's yeah happy birthday he's not playing till next they want to buy do it next week that's no no no, no. I, I don't even mind doing it in the bye week because they got a report back so that's fine. They report back. Fair. Ryan Finley's going to get the snaps. I don't have a problem with that. They do it on his birthday. It's Tuesday. <laughs> it's 
Taco Tuesday, give, give man. A, yeah, exactly. Give him a call on the Wednesday and say, Andy, how was your night last night? Did you have a good birthday? Yeah. Just want to give you a call, pal. Just let you know you've been benched. Sorry. But look, didn't want to ruin your birthday because you've been a servant of this club for eight, <laughs> nine years or however long he's been quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. Maybe the Bengals got him an actual bench as like a symbolic birthday present. <laughs> you know, like one of the inscribed ones. Like, Here's a birthday present and it just says benched on it. <laughs> Maybe, maybe that's a touch harsh, but... Oh, uh, I just... Oh, what a ridiculous thing to do to someone on their birthday. And, like, if it was for week nine, I'd go, that's just terrible timing because now they're reporting back to practice and it's fine. They got the week off! <laughs> they probably did it over the telephone. They probably didn't even do it in person. Poor Andy Dalton. Poor Andy Dalton! The Red Rock. Andy Dalton, come on the podcast! Oh, no. Oh, no, I've got him in the listener league that I'm doing well in. Oh, good night. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Ta-da. Derek Carr, you're in. Right. Well, that's some good move this week. Um, there is some breaking news. Okay. This is actually meaningful. Oh. I, I I can't believe this. Trent Williams just reported to the Washington Redskins. So his holdout is over. Didn't get traded, so he might as well turn up. <laughs> I cannot believe he did not. I can't believe he didn't get traded. They're one and six. One yeah. and seven. They're one and seven. They didn't trade him. And now he's reporting. I just think it's crazy. Wow. What a day. What Maybe a day. he wants to show off. Yeah. Maybe he just needs the money. Maybe he does need the money. Maybe, maybe, maybe his wife's beating him out the door. Like, <laughs> like what was it? 20, 20 minutes ago, she's kicked him out. I was like, back to work, son. We're not moving. Listen, Trent. <laughs> I've spent all off-season. I've spent all eight weeks of the season packing up the house. I've done the inventory while you've sat there playing Madden. The crockery's in a box, damn it. We can't cook tonight. (laughs) Get back to work. We can't keep living on takeout. We can't afford it. (laughs) Yeah, you need to bring... Williams, bag of the Redskins. Oh, I bet he's having a whale of a time. Gets back to work. All right, lads. How's it going? Yeah. First first half of the season. What's what's changed? What coach is gone? (laughs) Who's coaching the team? Callahan. Oh. I just don't think you've coached anyone in like 10 years. And how's that working out? How's that working out? Yeah, cool. Oh, so I'm going to have to do some work. <laughs> All right, chin up. Talking to somebody else who needs to lift their chin up, poor Ken Wisenhunt. He's been relieved of his duties as offensive coordinator of the LA Chargers. That was last night, right? Yeah, happened last night. Yeah, so he's the first non-head coach firing of 2019. Ted Ken. Do you think that he has been fired because his name is Ken? Mm, what? Why? Just because his name's Ken, purely on the fact that his first well, name is Ken. Well, I mean, have Do the Chargers been that bad on offense? Well, no, they've been brutalized on defense. Right. Also, if your name is Ken and you've listened to the podcast... I like the name Ken. I just, I'm calling it out. I'm saying it's very Kenist. Yeah, I mean, it's, his surname's not the easiest to pronounce, so maybe they just got bored of it in the office. I was like, who's this wizen? wizen? No, no, he's got to go. <laughs> no, I, I just think it's, it's harsh. So, if, they, if they're going to come for all Kens, I mean, does what does that mean the end of Kenny Golladay? Like, we've got to be careful here. I'm not having it. I'm going to stand up for all the Kens. I, I, in all seriousness, I know he's been cut. I think this is a sign that Anthony Lynn is on the hot seat. There was ever a, a reason... To think that a coach is on the hot seat, that you know, losing your OC eight weeks into a season is not a good sign. So, um, 
Talk- I think Witten Hunt's all right. I don't listen. I don't think he's the best defensive coordinator I've ever seen. Wouldn't it be funny if Jay Gruden turns up there? Yeah, <laughs> as OC, that would be quite funny. I think he'd do a decent job as well. Uh, I mean, he's good at running the football. He's got enough running backs. So there you go. I would worry about uh, Keenan Allen. My boy Hunter Henry as well. Don't uh, you do it, Gruden? He's probably getting injured anyway. So no. Don't bring that voodoo in here. It's not voodoo, it's just fact. It's like Tyler Eifert. He's still going. Well, I know, but a lot of people obviously were in for a trade for him and then probably thought, yeah, do we really want to offer anything for a guy who's probably going to get injured on the plane over? (laughs) Bubble wrap, the 747, (laughs) Tyler Eifert's on board. Yeah. Man, poor bloke. Love him. He was good Sunday. Yeah. I enjoyed watching him. Good on Tyler Eifert for making it nearly halfway through a season. Yeah, nearly. Have a have a safe bye week, Tyler. Yeah, I mean, he's got, he's got to survive the bye week. <laughs> <laughs> which, which he has been injured on the bye week before. So, <laughs> not taking that one as a guarantee. Don't go slipping over on the coke in the target aisle. That would just be horrendous. Yeah. Oh, man. So, the Baltimore Ravens have agreed... With a new deal with wide receiver Willie Sneed. It's a one year extension worth $6 million. That was from our boy Ian Rappaport. Yeah. There's a reason for this. Okay. So, actually, I'm going to shout someone out for this. So, I'm going to shout out Zach Moore. Zach Moore wrote Cabinomics. Yes, sir. Um, brilliant book. Uh, How to Build Super Bowl uh, Champions through roster construction. It's an excellent book. Go buy it off Amazon. It's, uh, it's a really, really, really good book. Um, so, he does a podcast. Um, he's just sort of, he's kind of sort of done one on and off, and actually, he has uh, he did a podcast last week, and he talked about Willie Sneed being someone that they were looking to potentially sign to rejig his contract to move money out of this year in case they want to make a roster move. So I think this was done yesterday. I think this move was done to try and get what now looks like Jamal Adams, and it hasn't worked. So they restructured his deal and moved a lot of the money into next year in the hopes of bringing someone in so they could afford to sign him because they only had a couple of million left in the cap. Right, okay. That so makes, there is a logical reason for it. Makes sense. And he called it as some one of the few roster construction moves that they could do to free up some cap. So well done him for predicting that. Like, uh, crack on. Uh, there is breaking news in the world. World news. Oh, no. MPs vote in favour no, of no. going to the polls on December 12th. Oh, so we're going to have an election in like six weeks. I'm on holiday that week. Get your postal vote in. No. I don't... I'll vote for you. I just don't think... It's... I don't know. Let's not get into British politics on this podcast. Okay. So we're going to have a vote to decide if we want to go through with Brexit three and a half years after we voted for Brexit. Even though it's not an official referendum, it's just an election to vote for the people to then decide what they're going to do. Hasn't that what's been happening in the last three and a half years? I think the last three and a half years has been sort of 600 people that have just sat in a chamber and have not agreed what to do. Well, if you... I, yeah, brilliant. So now they've given some voice back to the people to say, we can't decide, you tell us what to do. We did, three and a half years ago. Yeah, but... I mean, I wasn't one of the people who said, we, I want to leave. Yeah, but maybe they just want to do it again. Oh, well, <laughs> let's do it. Let's all rally and vote again, people. <laughs> let's have carnage. Why not? But it's okay, because we might win the Rugby World Cup on Sunday and it will all be better. Yeah. Saturday even. Let's get the right day. Saturday morning, 8 o'clock. 9. 9 kicks off. Yeah, well, I was was just going to say, get your breakfast down, you're at 8, ready for 9 o'clock kickoff. And your Guinness. Guinness. 
That's early. It's rugby. Do you have to drink Guinness when watching rugby? That's the that's the law. I did not know this. Yeah, yeah. Why do you reckon Guinness sponsor all the rugby events? Because that's the law. Okay. Watch watch rugby, drink Guinness. What happens if you don't like Guinness? You just have to swallow it. Put some black currant in it. Anyway, this is fine. Get used to it. So, my beloved Denver Broncos are going to be without starting quarterback Joe Flacco. He's been ruled out for Sunday's matchup with the Browns due to a neck injury. Before this was announced, the injured QB took to the mic on Sunday after the close 15 13 loss to the Colts. The Broncos were clinging on to a one point lead, played it too conservative down the stretch, and lost. It was too conservative for veteran Joe, and he went on the Plinth, is it they call that? Podium. 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 He went onto the podium and just basically put Vic Flangio, Fangio on blast. Have you heard the latest? I haven't updated this. No. He's now out for five to six weeks. Oh, Joe. So he's eligible to return in week 16. Drew Locke is medically cleared to come back as well. But will not be playing. No, no. The other guy's going to play. I, I can't even remember his name. His name is Brandon Allen. Fun fact about Brandon Allen later on. Oh. <laughs> I haven't, the uh, show docs have Murph on the streets on the, this week, Rush Nation, and I haven't taken a sneak peek yet. So Who says he's in Murph on the streets? He could be in Start Sits. He's, he is, he's in Start Sits, so if you're listening now, no, Rush Nation, not. go down. He's not, he's not, of course he isn't. <laughs> We're not that brazen. Okay. JJ Watt is going to undergo surgery to his, repair his torn pec this week. Man, that's gutting considering we were supposed to be seeing him on Sunday. You might still see him, he might fly in. Yeah, but he's, no, he's not. I don't know, he might. Fly after surgery? It's shocking. Anyway, JJ came out onto social media straight afterwards and was like, I'm really gutted to be letting the team down. And yeah, four months out for the rest of the season. I, Torn Peck sounds absolutely horrendous. Yeah, that sounds painful. Yeah, like you think how much of your body moves when you, you move your arm. Like how much of your peck and shoulder and stuff is attached to that. Ooh, so get well soon, JJ. I'm going to wear your shirt Sunday. Even though you're not going to be there, I will have it on. What What are your other alternatives? What for the specifically that game? Yeah. Well, I could wear my Broncos one. I could wear my JJ Watt one. I could wear my Vikings Hunter one. I could wear what else have I got? AJ Green. I could yeah, but the trouble is that's a color rush one and it's bright white, and I'm concerned that if I get anything on it, I'll be more devastated than if I wore it. Especially if. If he comes back week 10 and he's got Ryan Finley throwing him the ball, you you want to commemorate that uh, amazing opportunity to wear that jersey. Well, wear it when he comes back at home. I know it's not quite the same. Well, yeah, with Ryan Finley throwing him the ball, I mean, why not? Exactly. I mean, he's fourth round pick out of this year's class of stellar quarterbacks. Okay, I'm going to wear it. <laughs> There's some shade. Uh, Chicago Bears coach Matt Nagy says he's had zero thought of running the ball to get closer for kicker Eddie Pinheiro's missed field goal in Sunday's 17-16 loss to the Chargers. Maybe we should have a weekly Matt Nagy segment because every week he comes out with a zinger. Every week, without fail, he is coming out with something brilliant. We talked about him last week. Um, <laughs> did you hear the interview with him? Because it was absolutely superb. I haven't, no. He literally laid out this, this comment. <laughs> person in the press what did he say oh i need to go find the clip he basically this this person from the press says did you not think about running the ball to get closer so that eddie pinheiro's kick wasn't as far out he went no i had zero thoughts of running the ball can i ask why why do you need to know (laughs) and then he was like well obviously if we run the ball we run the risk of fumbling it 
And if we throw the ball, we run the risk of it being gone for an interception. So no, I had zero thoughts of running the ball. I determined we were going to make the kick, and that was the way it was going to go. If you have that little faith in your offense, young man, you should probably uh, resign from your post. Mm. (laughs) Matt Nagy, he's just literally blowing up. Uh, Don't forget, on last week's pod, we talked about someone (laughs) told him that he has a need to run the ball, and he replied with, I am not an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. The evidence is stacking up, Matt. The evidence is stacking up. I mean, come on. We could call it Matt's Nuggets. Oh, stay tuned for that next week. Let's see what other riches he gives us. Ooh, how far was Eddie Pena's kick, do you know? 41, I think. 43. Oh, so not even a leggy one. No, but it, it's, it's still... It's enough, I like, get. Yeah. Like, just run the ball, even if you get two yards of play. It's two yards closer. I have a question about college football, Murph, while I think about it. I'll do my best. So Ohio State are on bye this week. Yeah. Do some teams have two byes? Mm, depends when they play. Why? Well, I just, I'm pretty sure, because I've got a couple of their players in my college league, I'm pretty sure I've benched Justin Fields already, and I've got to bench him again for a bye. I've benched him already for a bye, and he's on bye this week. I mean, if they play week zero, that's possible. Week what? Week zero. Is that a thing? Yeah. Week like... zero is a handful of teams that play in week zero. The Gators played week zero, right? Correct. They were <laughs> the first I mean... game, weren't they? Correct. Okay. By the way, shout out to the Florida Gators up to sixth place in the rankings. They went up this week despite not playing. Boom. That's how you do your bye week. That's how you do your bye week. Winning on the bye week. Why did they win on the bye week? Because teams above them play. Oklahoma lost. Yeah, they did. Oklahoma got whacked. South Carolina, right? No. Uh, No. Kansas. That's not right either. No. Uh, Kentucky? No. Kansas State? Kansas State. That's it. I haven't pulled it up yet, so let me verify that. But it that's... is to Kansas State because I backed them. You did. A shout out to the boys on the Cover 3 podcast as well. They're CBS and they're a lot bigger than us. <laughs> but that's a really good podcast. They appreci- appreciate your shout out. Yeah. We'll mail it to them. We'll put it in the post. We should get them on. Yeah, it was Kansas State. 48-41. Yeah. Um, there we go. Why, why are staying on college football? Obviously, the rankings are done based on people. As Associated opposed- Press's votes, yeah. yeah. Why, why are Bama still won? Uh, LSU, strength for schedule but well they're not LSU are one are they now one yeah because they beat Auburn oh but yeah but when I saw it maybe Monday or Sunday they no, updated Sunday night oh okay because LSU was still two and they've, they've had like more top 10 wins more top 20 wins so the top 10 in college football right now LSU ain't you know it's very close it's literally just a, a two points separate them so it's LSU one Alabama two Ohio State three Clemson four Penn State five Florida six Florida, the highest ranked uh, one-loss team in the country. Uh, Oregon, 7th. Uh, uh, Georgia, 8th. Florida and Georgia play the cocktail. Oh, yeah. A world's oldest cocktail party uh, this weekend. In Jacksonville. So, yes. Yeah. We're going to host the game until 2025. It announced this week. Utah, a ninth, And Oklahoma drop five places from 5th to 10th. Auburn, surprisingly, is a two-loss team or 11th. They've had some hard games. Though. I mean, admittedly, they've lost to Florida ranked sixth, and they've lost to LSU ranked first. So, but still. And the LSU wasn't even a big win this weekend, was it? Three points. Uh, yeah, three points. Shout out to SMU up to fifteenth, by the way, who got the death penalty or the death sentence in nineteen eighty six. What? Um, how do I summarize this really quickly? Basically, they violated college recruitment rules so badly that basically they were banned from recruiting players. And lost a load of money, sponsorship, everything. Basically, they ruined the football program. So this year is the first time they've been ranked 
since they got the quote-unquote death sentence. And for people who don't know who SMU are, who are SMU? Uh, Southern Methodist University. They're based in Texas. Okay. My friend David went there. Well, shout out, David. Um, I had one more college question, but I've forgotten it. Murph, and this, we've probably lost the listeners already. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I wrap through these injuries? Like, rapid. Go for it, Squire. Injuries, we're going to put the report out. It will be out first thing in the morning. Just got to touch up some language and it'll be done. Uh, a lot of these were on the report last week, so just some updates. Patrick Holmes, doubtful to go this week, should go potentially next week. Cam Newton is out this week. Matt, Newton, uh, Matt Ryan's on bye this week. Sam Darnold picked up a left thumb sprain. He should be probable to go this week. Joe Flacco, as we mentioned, is out week 9, probably out till week 15, 16. Case Keenum has concussion. He is questionable this week. I fear whoever <laughs> whoever they're playing this week, not. Um, <laughs> Alvin Kamara is on bye this week. David Johnson, as we mentioned, is doubtful uh, to play this week. I don't think he goes because they're on Thursday Night Football. Chase Edmonds is out for the next few weeks. DJ Foster is uh, doubtful to return in 2019. So that's three Arizona running backs in a row there. Matt Breeder is possible and someone you should consider thinking starting this week. Jeff Wilson is questionable this week. Miles Sanders is probable with a left shoulder injury he picked up on Sunday. Darren Sproles is doubtful with a quad injury. Royce Freeman is probable with a shoulder injury. Malcolm Brown is on bye this week. Jalen Samuels... I've got here listed as doubtful, but there has been an update. He should be good to go on uh, on Sunday. Chris Thompson is questionable. Probably rule him as out because he's out every week. Uh, Ito Smith has a bye. Justin Jackson is questionable this week. Devontae Adams is probable this week for hopefully coming back with a turf toe. Adam Phelan is also probable this week. AJ Green has a bye and he's relishing the return in week 10 to have Ryan Finley throwing him some balls. Uh, Sterling Shepard is questionable this week. I don't really know about that one, whether he's going to go. D.D. Westbrook is questionable. I wouldn't expect him to go because it was a reoccurrence of a shoulder-slash-neck injury. Marquise Lee has been placed on IR. He is going to be done for the season. Deshaun Jackson is doubtful this week, although he is in training, so they might upgrade that, but he is this is doubtful. Brandon Cooks is on a bye, also because it's his second concussion of the season and, like, fourth in, like, four years or something. I probably would not be expecting him to go in Week 10, so think about cover for that. Marquise Brown... Is probable this week, but he is against the Patriots, so make of that as you will. Will Fuller is out. Tracon Smith is on bye. James Washington's got a shoulder injury. He is questionable this week. Jared Cook is on bye. Delaney Walker is questionable. I'd lean towards him being out. OJ Howard is questionable. He's not been traded. I'd expect him probably to go. I can't help but think that part of him sitting out was potential trade talk. Uh, Matt Lacoste is questionable. Ryan Izzo is questionable. Uh, Chris Herndon is questionable. I think he leans towards potentially coming back this week, especially with the Dolphins. I just think they need to get a win and a resounding one and want to get him back. Uh, Vernon Davis has another concussion. He's still questionable. And Jeff Hoyerman of Denver is also questionable with a knee injury. If you missed any of the names you wanted to hear, you probably just missed them because Murph was at light speed. So like you said, the article is going out first thing in the morning. Check it out on the website, fiveyardrush.co.uk. It will be there in the morning. I'm not sure what time. It'll be early early in the morning, so have a quick look, and it should help you with a waiver-wide decision should you need it. Right, Murph, we promised them start sits. Should we do some quick? Defo. Okay. So I will tell them who, and you give a quick stat as to why you think they are a start or a sit. Starting with start quarterbacks, Dak Prescott versus the Giants, and our boy Josh Allen at the Redskins. Okay. So... 
when we're looking at quarterbacks, we're looking at matchups. We're looking at um, players who we think can make a, you know, an impact, and we're looking at players that we think are going to have potentially um, top twelve weeks. So, looking at the Giants, um, the Giants are the ninth worst team in the NFL uh, against quarterbacks. They're giving up twenty point four fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. So I really like this matchup for Dak Prescott. He pretty much, in most people, he's a start uh, in most cases. But the only thing to watch with Dak is if he throws interceptions. New York, uh, surprisingly thrifty. Um, they have seven interceptions against quarterbacks this year. But they have given up 13 passing touchdowns and three rushing touchdowns. So I quite like Dak to potentially get a rushing touchdown uh, against the Giants next week. So we like that. Uh, Josh Allen against the Redskins. The Redskins aren't actually too bad against quarterbacks. Um, they haven't given up a rushing touchdown this week, uh, this season. However, I think with Josh Allen and his wheels, I would expect that probably to happen. Uh, but Josh Allen hasn't got a terrible matchup. Middle of the table uh, Redskins. You're looking at they've given up 14 uh, passing touchdowns this season. They're giving up 17.9 fantasy points per game. There's some really tough matchups this week. Um and we're going again with players. I don't want to state obvious players. Like, oh, okay, you should start Zeke this week. Of course you start Zeke this week. You start Zeke every week. Like, he's not a matchup defend- dependent player. But these players that you're thinking about, do I play him, do I not? The, that's what we're aiming for here. So moving on to wide receiver, Tyrell Williams versus the Lions and DK Metcalf. Fire those cannons, Murph, against your Buccaneers. Yeah, so we'll take DK Metcalf first. So DK Metcalf has uh, got a great matchup. He's got two touchdowns at the weekend. He's playing the fifth worst passing D in the league uh, in terms of fantasy football uh, to Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay are giving up 42.1 fantasy points per game to all wide receivers. Um, keeping in mind that Tyler Lockett doesn't have huge volume and the other players probably catching balls is either going to be um, Javon Brown or uh, David Moore. So I don't really expect, and they don't really have a tight end anymore since Will Disley's gone. So I'd be expecting DK Metcalf to have a lot of looks. Uh, they've given up nine uh, receiving touchdowns and almost 1,300 yards in seven games, which is a lot. <laughs> um, very good against the run, not good against the pass. So DK Metcalf getting red zone touchdowns is, I, I could see potentially a multiple uh, touchdown game for him. Tyrell Williams against the Lions. So the Lions haven't been terrible against uh, against the pass. They're ranked 11th uh, in terms of uh, points given up to wide receivers, 38.3 points per game. Uh, again, they've given up eight touchdowns and similar sort of yardage to the Buccaneers uh, over to over 1,200 in seven games. So you're looking at, on average, they're giving up 180 yards a game to wide receivers. So... Tyrell Williams, I think, is a good option, considering there's not a lot of people to pass to. You've got Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Tyrell Williams. So, and Tyrell, uh, Tyrell Williams has scored a touchdown in every game he's played in this season. Well, so, six points before you've even got off the, the gate. Yeah, definitely. Running backs, we did it in a fairly silly order, Murph. I, I should have done running backs after quarterbacks. Well, that was me, I wrote it in that order. No, that's fine. You know, we like to keep it fresh here and keep <laughs> you on your toes. So, we've got both. I say both. We've got two of the San Fran running backs in Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida versus the Cardinals and Jordan Howard versus his old team, the Bears. Yeah, so really like uh, either or both 
running backs, I think you can very comfortably start uh, both running backs here um, against against the Cardinals. Cardinals aren't bad against the run, actually. They're much worse in the air, and especially to tight ends. Um, they have been 50, but they are giving up 20.7 points per game uh, to all running backs, which, you know, it does put them in sort of the bottom seven or eight. But having said that, the, the, some of the pass attacks, they've been playing uh, electric. So a lot of the emphasis has been putting it in the air. Whereas we know with the 49ers, they're very conservative, don't have a lot of weapons, although they just acquired Sanders. I'd expect both of these running backs to score quite heavily on the Arizona Cardinals, uh, who haven't... I think the reason they've not put up huge... Uh, no one's put up huge rushing yards against them yet is they haven't really had the the backs to have done that and really made it count, whereas I think San Francisco do, so I'm not overly worried. Uh, Jordan Howard against the Bears. Again, some of the similar sort of reason people go, oh, the Bears. Bears are a scary, uh, scary defense. They're kind of not anymore. They're not really doing... Uh, a great deal. In fact, they're actually not great against the run. They're uh, the 10th worst team against the run. They're giving up uh, 27 points per game to running backs. Wow. So, you know, people have this misnomer that they're an elite defense. I think they're just a good defense now. I think you can downgrade them. Yeah, missing uh, Hicks is a big deal for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so they've actually given up seven rushing touchdowns uh, this season. Arizona have given up four. <laughs> oh, and Arizona played more games because... Chicago have had their bye. Well, <laughs> they've given up. They've given up less yardage, so it's pretty much all touchdown. But the other thing is, they give up a lot of yards in the air um, to um, running backs. So they've given up uh, over three hundred and seventy yards in those seven games. So you think they're giving up um, sort of fifty yards a game in the air to running backs on top of nearly a hundred yards a game on the ground. So, um, and if you think about the way that Philadelphia. Uh, a set, and then you think of Howard. Howard got 92 yards and a touchdown on Sunday against supposedly a good run defense. So I, I think they're going to pound the rock again. Miles Sanders seems to be more of a third down back threat who's being very productive in that role, but he's not getting, he got six touches. It's not going to be a lot to take away from Jordan Howard. So start your Jordan Howards this week. Right. Especially if Sanders is still carrying his injury designation as well. Yeah, exactly. Take a seat, son. It's time for the sits. Yeah, so uh, quarterback, we've gone Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. So two running quarterbacks who are up against uh, two amazing defenses. Let's be honest, by head and shoulders a mile, the best uh, two defense defenses in the league. league. Yeah. <laughs> so New England are the best defense in the league. Statistically, they're giving up a whopping 7.4 points to quarterbacks this season oh, Lamar. in eight games. <laughs> oh. Admittedly, they haven't played anyone like Lamar. They have played a very soft... Uh, They've had a cakewalk. They have. And this is going to be a little bit more tricky. And Nick Chubb did prove you can run on the Patriots. So maybe it's his rushing floor that might get you somewhere. But we know on the uh, you know we know passing it's not going to be very pretty. Um, so to give you an idea, the Patriots have allowed quarterbacks 273 passing attempts. Um, those quarterbacks have completed 1,043... Uh, 143 of those 273 attempts for 1,400 yards. So 1,400 yards in eight games. They are giving up yards per game. I think it's 184. That's not a lot. I've, ju- I've done that in my head, so let me... <laughs> 175. Yeah, pretty They're giving good up guess. 175 yards a game. And they've only given up uh, two passing touchdowns. And, <laughs> wow, by the way, <laughs> 19 interceptions. Yeah. 
19 interceptions the Patriots D has this year. That's just incredible. So, I, I, before this week, I heard a stat on another podcast that in standard leagues, the Patriots were the 17th overall fantasy player. I heard they were higher than that. But yeah. uh, and to give you some context, in our home Red Zone Threat Dynasty League, they are the number one player by about 54 points. Yeah, because stupidly in that league, you've rated defences as like... Well, yeah, I like, you know, they were, I like to make them relevant. And, and you know, we can't pick a defence from year to year, so it just makes the waiver wire grab a little bit more exciting. So, San Francisco, um, they've only given up 201 pass attempts on seven games, which 109 of those have been completed, so a little over 50%. They've actually only given up 1,092 yards to quarterbacks this season, which is 156 yards a game. They've given up five passing touchdowns with 10 takeaways. Now, these defences combined have given up exactly one rushing touchdown this season, which is New England, not San Fran. Um, Good God. San Fran are giving up eight points, 8.1 points per game to quarterbacks. I just don't expect either to do a lot. No. So, um, I would be... Sit- I mean, with Lamar Jackson, if he's your only quarterback, start him. Just be very weary that he might get a 10 or 12-point game max. I have a question. How's sure. Jameis going to go against the, the Seahawks this week? It's an interesting one. I don't think he's going to be terrible, but I don't think he's going to be incredible. Um, Seattle are the 12th worst team against quarterbacks this season. Um, they've only given up nine touchdowns, which is stingy, in eight games. But they have given up three rushing touchdowns. They're giving up, on average, 20 points a game. Okay. Uh, James, it's all down to Jameis. If he doesn't turn the ball over that much, you know he's going to get yards. Um, I think that's going to be quite an interesting game. A lot of people are quite happy to give Seattle the game now, and I, I do think Seattle can win the game. But they're a run-first offense, and Tampa are elite against the run. Yes, sir. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think Russell Wilson's going to have to win that game in order for them to, to do it because Tampa Bay have only given up three rushing touchdowns all season. And they've actually only given up 600 yards, 604 yards to rushing backs uh, to running backs in seven games. Okay, yeah, don't, don't. Okay. So I, I don't mind Jameis in this play. I don't think it's incredible, but I don't oh. think it's bad. Well, that's my choice, Jameis or Lamar. And uh, funnily enough, we're playing each other. Oh, fun. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Can you let me have it? Oh, I, I, I got a couple of wins against you last week. So last week, yeah. Where Played did you we... dynamic and? Oh yeah, but dynamic. Come on. Oh, you're tanking. But yeah. I beat you in the OG mashup. You did. I don't know. I beast in that league and had an absolute stinker last week. Yeah, I killed you. You did murder me. But that's fine. You're my kryptonite. Whenever we play, I'm expecting a loss. <laughs> Except if you beat me with this makeshift, ridiculous team you put together, I will not be pleased. I might do a lap. Um, it's not big in here, but yeah, carry on. Let's talk about running backs. I tell you what, Murph, we'll do, uh, we'll do all four of these in one go and you can hit the streets and we'll get out of here. Okay, let's do it. So... Uh, Running backs, Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram's against the Patriots. The Patriots are actually statistically the best uh, defense when it comes to um, running backs in fantasy. They're giving up 12.7 points per game to all fantasy running backs. Well, I'm starting Mark Ingram against you as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just to let you know that no running back has scored a touchdown against New England this season. They have given up... Uh, Nothing. 600 and... 674 yards in eight games. Um, so, yeah, uh, 84 oh. yards a game. So, from scrimmage. So, all in all, uh, not a good time to start Mark Ingram. Sony Michelle is the other option, which might surprise people. Baltimore aren't bad against the run. Um, they are the ninth uh, best 
against the run against running backs, twenty two point four fancy points per game. They there is some purchase against them. They've given up seven touchdowns this year in seven games uh, to running backs, plus one receiving. So it's actually a little better than one a game. So, but with the amount of running backs that the Patriots have, you don't necessarily can believe that Mark or that Sony Michelle is going to get all of that production. So. Uh, I would probably rest him if you have better options. If you don't, I fully understand. Start him, just be cautious that he's not going to be someone that you can rely on. Uh, Wide receivers this week. OBJ, surprisingly. I think OBJ has become a match-up dependent start. Um, I don't think you can rely on Baker Mayfield and that offense, and then they're going into Big D. Now, Denver are the third best defense for fantasy football against wide receivers. They're giving up a combined 27.6 27.6 points per game to all fancy receivers. They've yet to give up a rushing touchdown to uh, wide receivers, which isn't a big shock, but they have only given up four uh, touchdowns to wide receivers in eight games. So very, very stingy defense. They're coming good as well, the Denver defense, starting to build on Fangio's beliefs and stuff. So Yeah, so not only do you have uh, a player who hasn't got a connection with his quarterback and hasn't really done anything this season, but you're then going in big D and... Um, he's going to see a whole load of Chris Harris yeah who we found out has not been traded so I don't like that match up at all the other one I don't like is Alshon Jeffrey against the Bears the Bears uh, we've talked about the run defense isn't great but their passing uh, D is pretty good they are sixth best against the pass uh, 29.3 points per game for all wide receivers which isn't a lot when you spread it out they've only given up three passing touchdowns this year they've given up they're the only team in the league other than uh, los angeles not to give up any rushing yards to wide receivers either um which is interesting in its own right um so you can pass them you can get some yardage but it's not a great deal uh, just don't fancy Alshon jeffrey is a boom or bust uh, touchdown or bust option this week so uh, probably bench him and there's plenty of options on the way for wire that you can tackle and uh, go after um streets are real rattle through these very quickly by the way, there's a start set article that'll be out either Wednesday or Thursday, um, and I'll break those down in a bit more detail with some of these stats because I appreciate it's gone through quite quickly, but those are ones to consider. Mike Evans is the first player since uh, Charlie Hennigan in 1961 to have two games in the same season with eight-plus catches, 190 yards, and two touchdowns. Evans did this on Sunday in the loss to the Titans. He also did it in the loss to the Giants. So living proof that you can have a big game and still lose. Mm. Um, since 1970, 212 teams have been 2-5. and five. And only seven of those 212 have made the playoffs. That's a 3.3% uh, chance. So anyone that's with supporting a 2-5 and five team, probably write yourselves off. Don't back a playoff. Um, but the Colts did do it last year. The Texans and the Chiefs did it in 2015. And before that, the Broncos uh, in 2011 and the Jets in 2002 are the only teams to have done this since 1995. Josh, Kyle and Brandon Allen are all slated to start in Week 9. This will be the third time three QBs with the same surname <laughs> start in the same week since the Super Bowl era. Brad, Doug and Rob Johnson all started week 14 in the year 2000. And Dave, Mark and Wade Wilson all started week 16, 1984. That's a good one, Murph. Uh, I thought you might like That's that. a good one. <laughs> um, people say kickers matter. Most uh, missed kicks uh, in terms of extra points and field goals through week eight since 1995. So in 1995, there was 108 missed kicks. In 2017, it was 109. In 2001, it was 109. 2019 so far, 121. Boom, kickers are getting worse. <laughs> I mean, admittedly, they in 1995, it was a bit closer, but still. 
Um, We're not statistically that much closer that it would make that much difference. Well, apparently so. (laughs) Or kicking has got worse. Who knows? Find out. Um, Carolina 13, San Francisco 51 was a score of It's the 1,052nd unique final score in NFL history. And then Bill Belichick became the third head coach to win 300 career games, including preseason. He joins Hall of Famers Don Shula, 347 wins, and George Hallis' 324 wins as the only 300-win coaches in the history of the NFL. Do you think there's a chance Belichick goes past 347? So, if you work this out, he needs to win. So, depending on what he wins for the rest of the season, if he can get nine wins this season... He will only need to have three 12 win seasons and one playoff win to do it. You'd know Bill's going after that record. Yeah. That, yeah, he's definitely going after that record. Murph, that was a top streets edition. Thanks, sir. Kyle Allen, Josh Allen, and Brandon Allen. I love that. That was, yeah, my fave this week. That's how you get Brandon Allen into a podcast, ladies and gentlemen. You don't need an injury. You pull up a stat. Welcome to the Blue and Orange County, brother. Right, Murph. You and I have got to bounce out of this joint. Rush Nation, this has been a pleasure. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 5 Yard Rush. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, give us a little five-star review. We would really appreciate that. Head over to the website, 5yardrush.co.uk. Look at all our articles. We've got one coming up with the start sit that we just rattled through. The injury report will be there. Lockdown corner, trade targets. Uh, what have I missed? Uh, stream to stream stream to stream by the way I'm, I'm single handedly proving that you don't need to draft a defence so I'm streaming the defence three right now behind New England and San Francisco there you go Rush Nation <laughs> don't draft the defence you heard it here not first that would be a lie but we're living proof of it check out I stream to stream just go check out everything the shop is coming it's been a labour of love of mine because I've got absolutely no idea what I'm really doing so me and Lee are teaching ourselves in a methodology that probably isn't 100% correct but we're getting there so appreciate the patience on that Murph I'll catch you Thursday yes you will Rush Nation we will be back I will be back tomorrow with Lee Murph and I will be back Thursday Friday we've got a day off and then it's we are in love it's the weekend football is in London but until then Rush Nation as always don't forget keep rushing We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
the secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code GLOW.